0: Welcome to Into the Well. I'm your host, Ryan Wilms. I started this show as a place to share my experiences and my journey towards living authentically and mindfully, and also to learn from those who are truly walking the path, healing themselves and inspiring others. By balancing the mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual, we can learn to live in harmony with ourselves and our environment. We'll be exploring different tools and modalities used to create sustainable well-being for a fulfilling life. So thank you for joining me. Welcome back to the show. In this episode, I get to talk to Sarah Blondin, who coincidentally I knew in a former life, back when I was living in Vancouver, she was working at a cafe that myself and a team at Inventory Magazine would frequent almost every day. And uh, weeks back now, I was shared her meditations through Insight Timer and immediately recognized her, but was more overtaken by the potency and power of the work that she's doing, her guided meditations, and the beautiful way that she communicates uh, more heart-centered living. On this episode, we talk about her journey from being an actress, moving to the Okanagan, becoming a mother, and finding this deeply powerful voice within herself through creative writing. Um, She shares about the process, the challenging process, of of writing her book, Heart-Minded. And some of the lessons she continues to learn from her children, from nature, and from the exciting and magical journey that is life. Uh, I was really excited to talk to her, and it was a super fun conversation. Definitely check out her, her meditations on Inset Timer or through her website. Yeah, it's really great, it's really inspiring, and you can really feel the emotion that she's sharing, and it's uh, very special. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks. Thanks so much for taking the time and um coming on and chatting with me. Uh I feel like actually very excited to talk to you. Uh, it's uh it was only maybe like a month, month and a half ago that I found your meditations through Insight Timer and in my my girlfriend and shared them with me and um immediately I was just like a hey, Thought they were amazing, mm-hmm. and B, I was like, I know I recognize this woman, like yeah. I, but I could not figure out where I recognize you from. So um, I was glad that you were able to to identify <laughs> me as well when I reached out, <laughs> so we could make the connection. But that feels like such an interesting place to sort of start talking from, you know, as we were both in Vancouver in Gastown. You were working at Nelson the Seagull, and I was working at inventory there. Um, and now here we are.
1: Bizarro, hey? Eh? It took me like yeah. several minutes. I was like, what? And you had mutual friends to me. And I was like, where mm-hmm. is he I know. from? It took me so long, but I did figure it out. I know. And I think it's so... Um, yeah, I, I didn't know what your story was when I met you at Gastown and vice versa. But I think I guess a lot has changed for both of us since <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> since that's how long ago, six years ago now, probably for me. So. Yeah,
0: at least I think.
1: Yeah. Um, so a lot has changed since then. But yeah, I was in Vancouver and I was working uh, in broadcast journalism and as an actress when I was there. But I had this kind of deep, um, haunting sense of loneliness and meaninglessness. And I've always mm-hmm. kind of struggled with that existential kind of crises of kinds and wanting to really contribute to the world in a meaningful way, but, you know, kind of doing the things that I was good at right, and still feeling this horrible kind of Pit of like, well, is this it? Like, is this really it? Um, yeah. And Vancouver is very, um, I don't know what the word is, but I felt very, I compared a lot. And I always, you know, I worked at this hip coffee shop and everybody seemed to be doing something really interesting. And I was like, shit, like, <laughs> <laughs> where do I fit in here? And it kind of like really hurt. Um, yeah. But that's the whole kind of ego brain part. But I moved mm-hmm. to the Okanagan um, when I got pregnant with my first son. Uh, and I couldn't stand living in Gastown anymore. Like the smells, mm. the noises. Mm. I actually like started getting like huge social anxieties. And I was basically mm. forced out of the city because the only place I felt comfortable was the forest. Um. So, yeah, I moved into isolation essentially out there and had to rebuild everything. And that's when my writing practice really got a lot stronger. That's when I started developing these like little podcasts, um, mm-hmm. if you want to even call them that. Um just to keep myself sane, becoming a mum and moving to the country. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's really kind of spiraled into its own entity.
0: <laughs> yeah, it absolutely has. So, so at that time when you were still in Gastown, then were you, you know, reading spiritual books? Were you starting to, you know, have this sort of exploration? For me, it was like a very clear, like totally asleep, not awake or aware of any of this stuff, and then. Okay, I'm gonna like look under the hood, and then my whole sort of existence shifted, and I can hardly relate to that person. Right.
1: Well, I think I'd always, you know, I was I was raised I was a pastor's daughter, um, okay. So I was raised in the Catholic Church, um, but very liberal. It wasn't like heavy handed, like sin and heaven and hell. My dad was kind of like a rogue <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, pastor, and he only did it for a while when I was younger, but. I guess he gave me the perspective of, uh, God and looking, seeking. Um, Mm -hmm. so I always have been on, you know, I think a a subtle level. Um, but yeah, I was always exploring, um, a lot of the spiritual texts. So it was always kind of in there.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I always was, Um, but I couldn't connect something. (laughs) Something wasn't touching. And I think it was in the solitude that it really kind of like ruptured something huge in me that caused a Mm -hmm. breaking off from, you know, I hate to use the word ego, but it's the only one I can kind of come up with uh, to really dive into the deeper well of myself and to Mm -hmm. find out what's really there, which isn't Sarah. It's just, you know, this Right. I don't even know what to say. But so when (laughs) did you start? Like, what did you start reading books or did someone say, hey, check this out, Ryan? Or like, how was it with you? How old are you?
0: I was it would have been it was in 2017. And I was just like I was enduring a lot of health issues physically, just kind of breaking down uh, adrenal issues and digestion issues. And Mm -hmm. so I was trying all of these sort of supplements or diet changes. But at the same time, I was just working more and more yeah. and getting more and more in my head. And I had a breakup that had totally disconnected me from my heart. Mm. And so I was just this process of, um, you know, like you said, when you're like as an actress, you know, you're like looking for all this validation and comparing to other people. And no matter how successful I seemed on paper, it was just like, I was more and more unhappy. So it was like getting to the point where I was like, okay, I'm physically feeling terrible and emotionally I'm actually super lonely, Mm. unhappy Mm. and falling into this like depression that I, fortunately I was aware enough to feel that and admit it to myself. And, Mm. and I reconnected with an old friend and he was like, okay, like maybe speak to this therapist that I know and, and do this. and, so it was like three months of starting to like actually explore that stuff where I was like, well, okay, I need to leave New York and take time away from work because I'm not gonna be able to heal what's going on if I'm working 16 hours a day
2: mm-hmm. and then
0: staying up on my computer until two in the morning. Eek, eek. So I was like, I needed kind of, you know, in a different sort of approach to you, but you kind of need to create the space to go within. Because if you're just like on full sort of stress alert, hustling and scrambling and just trying to sort of uh, go down that path. It's really challenging to find that space to go within, it seems like.
1: I know. That's why I, I kind of, I knew I couldn't take it for myself on a level. And that's why I give so much gratitude to my son. <laughs> because mm, I'm like, yeah. I think you had a, something to do with this, in <laughs> forcing me out of my, you know, my comfort zone. Um, because I was pretty comfortable in Gastown and any sort of change was you know, that's a pretty scary prospect, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, similarly, I think we need those jolts. I was talking to my kid the other day about how I was caught, you know, how your mind starts taking you on this, you know, the rat wheel and you're on this wheel and you're running and you're running with this thought and you're like totally identified with this thought and, and you can't get off. And I was saying like, how do you think you get off the wheel when your mind is on a thought and you're running and running? And he goes, mom, I think you got to wait for a strong enough wind that will just kind of throw you off. And I'm like, (laughs) like he understood the concept of needing that, like that throwing off a wind to come and throw you off. So I think we both got thrown off our trajectories a little bit there, but thank God. Hey, like how much has your life changed?
0: No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious to know a little bit more about your process now, because, you know, present day you have this massive following and this like amazing practice and Millions of downloads and listens to your meditations, but when you first moved to the Okanagan and and just started writing, I imagine that was really just for yourself. It
1: was only for myself, and it was a survival mechanism. I, I'm not being dramatic when I say that I felt like committing suicide at some times. I was Mm -hmm. just like, ah, ah." like my Mm -hmm. brain was like, it didn't know what to do with all the space. And it didn't know what to do without my regular escape route of my yoga studio Mm -hmm. and my coffee shop and all Mm -hmm. these people that I could go out. Like, I could go out into the streets in Gastown and have everybody that I knew kind of mirroring this, like, Oh, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you mm. are. And it kind of would feel good, right? Mm. Like, okay, that's who I am. Like, cool. I could go out when I needed my fix. I could go out when I needed to distract and and separate mm. myself from the, you know, the psyche torment. I could escape it. Um, so when I was in solitude, I only had my husband. There was one coffee shop. It was open literally like barely ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, he didn't even want to go there because it was like, um, so my brain didn't know what to do with all that extra stuff. I didn't mm. know who I was without going out into the world and having that confirmation. So it was like, I was literally dying. I was like, who am I? What is this? And then mm. on top of it, I gave birth to an actual human. Mm. <laughs> and then you have to like figure out who you are as a mother, you know, it's, a total whirlwind and it brought on Mm -hmm. like, I call it an insanity and a revelation that I couldn't, it was like this paradox and both of them went alongside. And that's what I'm trying to teach my kids is like love and sorrow are married, you know, um, enlightenment is married to suffering, you know, all of these things are side by side. Mm -hmm. Um, But within that kind of torture of the psyche and that breakdown that, discipline was born. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it was kind of like, I had never been a disciplined person. I'd always kind of just been a hoppy, you know, this feels good. This feels good. But the discipline and a discipline in a way that was, it was meeting the self. It was like, okay, I'm going to turn inside daily and I'm going to chew through these kind of things that are coming to the surface for me, because if I don't, they're going to eat me alive. <laughs> so yeah. that's when, you know, the discipline of meditation became uh, non-negotiable, that's when the writing practice was non negotiable. And it was always a turning toward the discomfort. And when I started to write, so my practice in writing, um, and it's a practice I try and encourage everyone to do, is called flow writing. It's essentially doing 10 minutes um, of flow writing, which means you literally never stop the pen from stopping. So you can say blah, 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 shit, mm-hmm. shit, shit. You can say whatever you want, but just make sure you don't stop the pen for that 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So every day it was like, okay, I'm dealing with um, fear of change, like really wrestling with like letting go into this new reality. So I would write um, fear of change, blah, blah, blah. And I would barf for the 10 minutes uh, without stopping. And I would say everything that was torturing me. And then around the 10 minute mark, there was always this voice that you now hear as Live Awake that would come through and start saying, okay, let's look at it this way. Let's look at your suffering this way. This is mm-hmm. actually what's happening. This is actually what's happening. This is what's being born. And I was like, "Wow. <laughs> you know, I, I usually, mm-hmm. like, I can't even listen to my podcast without crying because they were mm-hmm. for me. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And that's what was, you know, kind of vulnerable about the whole thing was like, these are, these are literally my journals. <laughs> Yeah, that everybody are listening to. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where the resonance is. It's like, okay, yeah, we're talking about the full spectrum of the human experience. I think we've all really, you know, longed for that, to mm-hmm. see it in a really tangible way, see yourself in that kind of pain and see what can be possible from that place as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there is something really relatable to it. And Mm -hmm. and you know you cover things from like letting go and um you know being kind to yourself surrender you know these somewhat simplistic obvious you know things that we all have to do Mm -hmm. um but they're really challenging and the way that you communicate them um the only word I can think of is profound in Mm -hmm. a way you know it's like it's like this mix between like a guided meditation and a uh and yeah like a journal like you said and Mm -hmm. and poetry really as well Mm -hmm. um and then you have this sort of nurturing voice yeah (laughs) voice and energy (laughs) um you know if like my girlfriend and I sort of joke that it like feels like you're our mom sometimes (laughs) in a way in the way that you say like dear one or little one you know these those those terms and it's just like even listening to it for 10 minutes, like there's a point in that 10 minutes where there's a serious shift mm-hmm. within my whole physiology. Yeah. That's just like, wow, you know, it's, it's really potent.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I would love to take credit for how that all unfolded, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know where it came from, honestly. Um, but yeah, thank you. I'm glad you feel that way. And
0: yeah. yeah. So, you know, in your sort of journey with, you know, first uncovering this this sort of well of inspiration and compassion and, and poetry from within yourself, there's that, which I'm sure, like you said, is kind of like, whoa, what is this? Mm-hmm. But then to start putting that out into the world with, with words and then uh, audio as well, what was that process like? Because that seems like it would be pretty scary.
1: Um, when I first did my first one, I posted it on SoundCloud and it was like, whatever. <laughs> there was mm-hmm. no intention behind it other than like let's just create Let's just see. Yeah. yeah and I was like not attached and that's the most beautiful place to ever work mm. from I didn't have an attachment it was like mm-hmm. let's just it wasn't even let's just see I was like let's just offer this and I really struggled with the whole like name of putting under, under the podcast you know mm-hmm. title on iTunes because I was like this isn't a podcast and my husband looked up the definition of podcast and it was like sound bite. And I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) like, (laughs) you know, we get so scared of these things because of these boxes and these ideas of what we think, you know, and we stop ourselves. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I somehow had the good grace of not having that block. There was no attachment. I put it on SoundCloud and it was actually on um, in the world on iTunes and SoundCloud for at least two years before it really took um, root in the world in a big way. And I had some pretty devout followers, but again, I was like, no big deal. Uh, I wasn't even looking at the numbers. Um, I got a few sweet emails and then insight timer approached me and asked me to put my stuff on. And I was like, okay. And again, no attachment, not thinking. And then the next day I woke up after the first publishing and it was like, like thousands of people commented and then, They were using words like, this is the voice of God speaking.
0: And it was like
1: horrifying, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what happened? I like opened my email and I was like, oh, no, like I was so scared. Like I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And like, don't give me this title. And oh, my God, I take it back. I was like shaking for a few weeks. Like I was like, oh, no. Yeah, it really was like I was like, what did I do? Yeah, and then I just rested into it, and I was like, I gotta give this up and stop, you know, taking it on as me. Like I was hearing it mm-hmm. as like Sarah, you are this, and I had to somehow remove myself from the equation and mm-hmm. just see it as separate somehow. But yeah, the initial mm-hmm. few weeks were pretty, pretty terrifying, and now it's just like okay,
0: <laughs> yeah, You've made some peace. With yeah, her.
1: and I'm totally committed to you know create to help and serve. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's you know the idea of creating without attachment is something that's like almost like a mantra I've written down, mm-hmm. but I also find it so hard to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So challenging. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting that you sort of did it with without this idea that you are sort of attached to, but then all of a sudden you get all of this yeah. stuff sort of put onto it. So, you know, there's a real opportunity for you to attach to it in a different way. Yeah. Put out a new one and be like, okay, like just yeah. as many people going to listen to yeah. it. And Well, and I'm so. watching
1: myself being like, what do people need to hear? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> yeah. What do you need to hear? Because this, you know, like it's not about, it's literally a non about anybody else ever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember Mm -hmm. writing a piece once is like, you're standing on a stage trying to, you know, get this confirmation, but then you find Mm -hmm. out that everybody looking at you is you looking at you just waiting for you to feel you, (laughs) you know, like, um, so I always turn the question back on myself. And there's so many entrepreneurs and people that are working in kind of the same arm as me. And they're always like, what do you think people need to hear right now? And I'm like, never ask that question. Mm -hmm. It always has to be, what do you need to hear? Cause that's when that, that. It will be imbibed with this kind of (laughs) you-ness. Yeah. And that's the only way to relate to the world. is like, that is literally the only thing you can offer is what's inside of you and what you need and what you want.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, I definitely agree with that. And I've been listening to a lot of uh, Brene Brown Mm -hmm. lately and she, you know, talks about vulnerability and courage. And in my own self, like, I'm like, okay, this is the thing. I know I need to do, and I still resist it. Yeah. And every time you know, I can feel into it and be like, yes, like it's just like in neon lights yeah. in my mind where I'm like, yes, this is the thing. <laughs> right? And I still don't do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you'll get better. Yeah, And um it's okay to not be good at it. And um also a big thing that I've been learning is like, I have the pressure coming in of like, oh, it's been so long since you've created something. And then I'm like, you know, there's that voice. It's like, you're going to lose your followers. Right, <laughs> Yeah, Blah, blah, blah. You're not going to stay relevant. And I'm like, well, no, like that's not how I've ever worked. Yeah. Like, and then you can just see how quickly you can like start moving into this spiritual fast food just to create kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's a really tricky line to balance. But I've been pretty good at it. Like I'm like,
0: yeah. <laughs> I
1: can't create quick content. I just don't right. want to do it. It doesn't even feel right to me. So, yeah.
0: And how does living in a place like the Okanagan, uh, I mean, looking at your Instagram and stuff, you're obviously quite connected with nature and there's a certain sort of peacefulness and calmness that comes with that, that, mm-hmm. you know, might encourage that patience with your own output that mm-hmm. a city might not. <laughs> do you find that that helps being in that environment? I
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you asked me <laughs> to move back to a city, I'd be like, oh, like. It would feel pretty hard um, mm-hmm. because, you know, nature mirrors so much of what we need to learn, especially with seasons. It's like, just chill out. Like I wrote one about respecting and honoring the seasons of your, you know, like a tree goes to sleep, you know, and then mm. blooms this fruit for like four, six months. Right. Like yeah, we literally have to reconnect with that kind of, reality because we are burning ourselves out at an alarming rate and we're kind mm-hmm. of ingesting this content. Um, but even being, you know, removed from the world in like a city way, I'm still connected virtually mm-hmm. and I'm still feeling the pressures of, you know, the, mm-hmm. the fast pacedness of things. And I'm really starting to reevaluate even my kind of engagement with that. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to pull back a little bit more. More yeah. and more, <laughs> which is so yeah. scary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is scary. I mean, I find a lot of these things that seem counterintuitive to what we've been like conditioned to think and believe are really scary to turn around. Mm-hmm. Um, and something for me recently that I feel like has been like, okay, there's no flipping of the switch on this. It's just like every day making more conscious choices mm-hmm. to step into that. And I wonder, you know, what what some of those those choices for you have been or like, you know, it seems like the writing practice has been a big one, like doing the 10 minute.
1: Yeah, the writing practice is major, um, which I do pretty much every day, but I'm not going to like say all the time. OK, guys, I do take mm-hmm. breaks. <laughs> I do hate to hear myself talk and write sometimes. <laughs> um, but I have to do my walk in nature every day um i'm mostly right i meditate twice a day and i've started using it have you heard of heart coherence heart, i have the like heart the, Math the heart institute yeah so i bought their little um you pl- clip it to your ear and you plug it mm-hmm. in and i use that twice a day it's actually fantastic um as far as seeing your body go into like homeostasis essentially it's pretty profound yeah. um so i do that twice a day in the morning
0: and the evening how long do you use that for
1: 15 minutes Okay. In the morning and night. Sometimes I go a little bit longer in the evening, but yeah, that's all I do. Um, but that's just to get into a place of really like knowing that my heart and my breath and everything are really calmed down. You can actually see your heart rate move from a very frenetic state to mm-hmm. like a, a perfect wave. And you know, when the heart's in a perfect wave and the mind is in a perfect wave, the, the body's healing, everything's going back into proper order. And we're never in that state, which is insane. Mm-hmm. To see the difference. Um, so I'm doing that twice a day. And I usually do some form of breath work, or I'm pretty heavy into Joe Dispenza these days. Um, yeah. So I do his meditations. I have all of them. So I'll do one where I just slink into the unknown and that you just become nothing. And I mm-hmm. need that nothingness. Like I was like, wow, I was doing it every day for months. Um, because my nervous system was really shot all of a sudden. (laughs) I wonder why. Um, (laughs) um, With the level, I think I'm like a very uh, real, um, I think we can feel, you know, the consciousness of the world in our tissues, um, Mm -hmm. no matter where we are, no matter how in the forest we are, I can feel, you know, when COVID hit and I'll, the stuff's mm-hmm. going on. My nervous system just went into a state of arrest. So I had to go into this place every day to like let go and have the body recalibrate because I was like, G-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g. and we're all pretty mm-hmm. sensitive. So
0: that's we great. all, yeah. I mean, we all are super sensitive, but I find the more I've done this work, the, the more, more sensitive I like, get to it. Oh, and it's like and it's like affects me with like the food I eat or the sleep <laughs> I get or like the cultural <laughs> energy vibes in it. I know it's challenging in a way because it's like. You know, and I started, I was like, okay, I want to just feel better. Yeah, and now, now you're just like, feeling
1: more. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I know, so I intense.
0: <laughs> talking to my brother
1: about it, and he's like, you'd think I'd get calmer, but it's getting worse. It's like having the light turned on in the room and then realizing, oh, my God, this is how I've been operating in all different arms of my life. And now you mm-hmm. see, like, the world on a global scale, and you just really mm-hmm. feel it. But I think the gift in that is that you're doing it awake now, um, mm-hmm. finally. So each person that's waking up in this um, has the opportunity and the invitation to kind of transform the energy. So, you know, if each Mm -hmm. of us was to lie down daily and kind of move into a healthier state and start Mm -hmm. emitting a healthier frequency um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, re-enter the oneness of all of Mm -hmm. this in a way that's actually conducive to any sort of healing of the earth Mm -hmm. and the planet and its people... Like we just have to see, again, those polarities live side by side, right? We're feeling way more, we're feeling more connected, we're feeling it more intensely in our hearts and our minds and our beings. And then it says, okay, well, what are you gonna do with this? Mm -hmm. How are you gonna transform this?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, you know, somebody potentially asks you something like that, you know, they maybe like, even for myself, I've been in this career, you know, for 10 plus years and, and now, okay, I'm, open. I'm more sensitive. I'm getting out of my mind and into my heart Mm -hmm. more and more. Um, and it's like now that compassion and empathy for not only myself and my inner child, but my partner and my family, the world, the trees like is growing and growing. And now it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I need to, you know, be accountable for, myself, you know, in the world and contribute in a way. But that can feel very overwhelming.
1: I was just going to say that. And my longing has gotten so much deeper. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I really see, and I, this sounds dramatic, but I see existence as a kind of prison. <laughs> mm. I feel like I'm imprisoned by these kind of habits and patterns. And, 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 you know, like I can see my mind, I can watch it. I'm watching, I'm in the witness pretty much all day. And I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how to fully get into the, the witness spot. Like I still don't know how to cut, you know, like I am watching myself, but I'm still engaging in the thoughts. I'm still engaging in the overwhelm. I'm still, I'm still hurting mm-hmm. people. I'm still not acting consciously, You know, I'm still doing the opposite of what I feel and know is so true.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I feel like I'm stuck in that prison. Um, And I think a lot of us can relate to that. It's like, ah, I know all this now. And yet I'm still doing this. I'm still acting this way. And then having to move into the compassion and the self-forgiveness and all Mm -hmm. of it is like you're in for it, right? Like this this journey is not... um, what I think people start out for is for that relief and you do feel that initially. I remember when I first moved to the Okanagan and I finally made it over the hum, I stopped wanting to kill myself. I was feeling <laughs> great. I was like, Oh my God, I was in the grocery store and I was crying, like picking up a can of olives. Like I was like, This is so beautiful. Like I was like, Oh my God. And I was like, I would cry and I would like be walking through the grocery store in bliss. But then there was a, you know, there's wave after mm-hmm. wave after wave and depth after depth after depth of this. And I I remember just last year, um, so you said you were suffering with this health stuff. After I wrote my book, I started suffering from chronic chest pain all of a sudden, mm. all through my ribs and my sternum and my back, and it's been almost two years now. (laughs) So this is my new practice now. Yeah. And I remember going to my, I have a little writer's cabin and I was lying on my back and I was feeling all this pain and I was trying to digest ultimately this fear of death and letting go entirely. Like, wow. Okay. So this is my new practice. Like I got to face this. We're all dying. Mm -hmm. We're all going to Mm -hmm. die. I've never looked at this. I've always been like forward looking, like, and then I'm like, you're humiliated and humbled at some point. And it might be because I'm 38, you know, coming Mm -hmm. to this place of like, whoa, you know, this tenderness of like, you know, we're trying to go, 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 seek, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. And then it's like, but we die. (laughs) And -hmm. we have to let go of this at some point. So this last two years has been a practice for me of letting go and dying every day, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, so it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and scarier and scarier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think on the other side of that, because I've been through it so, the cycle so many times, yeah. I know there's, sh- you don't wanna call it Shakti, you wanna call it whatever that's going to come forward, so long mm-hmm. as I'm dedicated to at least trying to reorient myself
0: to finding that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely can relate to that. You know, for a long time, I was like, oh, this next thing will be the thing. And then I'll be healed and nope. just good. And I'll like chill on the plateau for yeah. a, wh- a while. And,
1: and you might now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might, but that might be a week, a day exactly. or a year, an um, hour. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm more sort of in tune with like, when I do feel great, I, I just appreciate that moment and day because I know it's not going to last forever. Uh, and hopefully, you know, you, those, those moments last longer and longer.
1: Well, and I've been trying to also uh, become mm-hmm. impartial to even the joy. <laughs> like I'm like, right. I'm like, okay, don't go crazy. You're in joy. You're feeling great. Like try and keep some sort of equilibrium in it. Mm-hmm. Um, very zen of me. But <laughs> you don't yeah. want to swing anymore. I see the swing and um, what it creates is the crash, you know. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. trying to move away from that as well, best I can.
0: Yeah. So you know, when you were just talking about the issues with your with your chest and and that sort of cycle, that sort of can unfold. Also, the you know being able to sit in that um, seat of awareness and you know watching your mind, but then still taking the, the action, action. that you know isn't the right one mm-hmm. to do. That's hurting yourself or someone else. Do you? Do you find that sometimes, like for me, I find that I can sometimes be almost like paralyzed by the level of awareness that I have. And it's like, okay, I feel like this is the thing I should be doing. But then like questioning that Mm and, you know, being mindful of just almost too many layers of it (laughs) that I'm just like, I don't even know what to do.
1: (laughs) I think, yeah, the only thing I'll say about that is (laughs) what I know that as soon as I'm in that analytical place, I know mm. that I've got back up into the mind yeah. and I know we need the mind to digest and be mindful. We, we mm. need the mind to kind of, but also there's something deeper, right? <laughs> That's not like layer upon layer yeah. upon layer. So as soon as I'm playing with that little monster, mm. <laughs> I have to lean back. Get out I have of to there, just, yeah. just like, be like, okay, like you're getting swept up as much as your mind is trying to do, you know, productive, helpful work for you. It's still not going to get you where you want to go. And I remember meditating the other day and, you know, asking some question and I was like, what should I do about this? You know, give me one word kind of thing. Yeah. And and then a voice was like, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to answer you from this place because this place that you're asking from is the place that will never find an answer it can rest on. Right. You know, even if you settle on something, you're going to rewrite back into it. So it was like, okay, now totally connect deeply, as mm-hmm. deep as you can go. And then tell me, ask me again. Mm-hmm. So I got super deep again. And I was like, okay, drop all questions, drop your imagination, drop your mind. Mm-hmm. Don't even ask a question. Just go to the deepest place you know how. And there is no question <laughs> anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you're just kind of like, oh yeah, never mind. I'm good. (laughs) Like, I'm good. You know, you just have, I remember, I think it was Michael Singer saying, you get to the place where everything you come in contact with in your life is left better than before you met it. So that's what I just kind of anchor myself to is like, is this action going to leave this person or this being or this experience
0: better off? can i mm-hmm. lift this to love
1: mm-hmm. tough yeah, one think, though yeah
0: yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's a challenging process for mm-hmm. sure because well for one it's kind of never ending and there are like these multiple layers to it but yeah just uh getting out of the mind recognizing the mind i think absolutely right like as soon as you can see that you're trying to figure it out nope you're yep. not going to figure it out <laughs> no, no and and even being aware of that, it's still hard to break that cycle. I know. Because it feels so productive, place. right? It, yeah. It
1: feels like it's doing something good for you. But like I realized and I even started <laughs> while I eat dinner or with my family, I just start holding my heart sometimes if I'm really like heady mm-hmm. or something or I'm like thinking about stressful stuff or kids in school and I'm not present. I just put my hand on my heart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it, it just starts to drop you in a little differently you don't have to think anything you don't have to mind is not used it's just kind of like
2: mm-hmm.
1: a gentle remembrance that there's another part below yeah so, i don't know i just started doing that and it's totally changed things
0: yeah something i heard you say on uh, i was listening to your podcast with tammy simon and you said that the heart is the way to a greater level of consciousness mm-hmm. which which I definitely do believe. And I think that's a lot to do. You know, you mentioned Joe Dispenza and what he talks about is like, you know, getting into these feelings and letting like that guide us be it our soul or our heart or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but how do you, how would you recommend somebody sort of begin to make that, that journey from the mind to the heart?
1: Again, just like the gentle hand on the heart thing. Mm -hmm. Um, as a practice, kind of daily, maybe even just sitting with yourself alone on a couch or something and just putting your hand on your heart or bowing mm-hmm. your head to the heart, I find really helps. Um, mm-hmm. I think we can get too complicated in, mm-hmm. in, well, how do I connect my heart? And do I have to do all this stuff? And it's like, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's its own kind of energy center that does actually start to do it for you. If you just pay attention to it, that's what I find so amazing about the heart It's just the gentle engaging with it and bowing the head is like a surrendering you know and then it just sort of softens the body softens the mind relaxes the body relaxes everything there's no Mm -hmm. you know there's nothing else to do once you're connected with that center it's like you don't I don't know you can just exist in a different kind of light right and that's all we Mm -hmm. really want anyway from another is like Mm -hmm. sincere heartfelt attention Mm -hmm. um I was you know realizing if i'm really present with my kids that they look to you as if you're the very son you know Mm -hmm. and that is literally just from heart centered attention i'm here i'm listening to you Mm -hmm. That's all we need that's all we want we don't need solved problems we don't need quick fixes Mm -hmm. we need nothing we just need someone to see us and witness us from the heart period Mm Um so just engaging in that way asking the heart rubbing the heart sometimes i say wake heart if i'm really in the the torments of the mind little practices like that mm-hmm. i love you i'm listening that's one of my favorite ones
0: yeah yeah it's very simple but it is really profound
1: yeah nothing really happens <laughs> you just become aware of another part of you that is yeah. under the surface of the chaotic mind <clears throat> You just become aware of this gentle creature that's, like, coping and trying to survive. And it just softens the walls a bit so that you can actually start bringing compassion to everything and everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does feel like the heart center especially it just has this deep, calm wisdom Acceptance. that just, like, endures everything. It,
1: joyfully. Joyfully. Yeah. Joyfully. Yeah.
0: And, and it's always there, like you said, kind of under the surface of the mind. And it's just, you know, when we have that glimpse into it, it's like, oh, what am I doing up here all the time? Like, why am I not down here (laughs) trusting this? But yeah, I mean, it takes a few decades to get, get upstairs and (laughs) and then you gotta like And that's okay.
1: You know, like I just really, that's what I'm really starting to practice too, is like I'll sometimes cry to my husband. I'm like, I just <laughs> like I'm reading yeah. books on, you know, um, I forget what it's called, "Coming Home" by Lex Hexington. Have you heard of this? No. It's a book, and it's a it's full of stories of like um, the different uh, stages of enlightenment across religions. So it's mm. really neat, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like crying, and I'm like the longing, like <laughs> I just. Yeah. And my husband's like, that part of you needs to go too. The one that thinks it's separate, the one that's wrestling, the one that's like, I got to get there. Yeah. You know, we just have to drop into the heart Uh, and just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. We never get anywhere. We just come home and Mm -hmm. I have this part of me that's constantly like has this spiritual, like, I must get. And it's like across the board what you see with people that have become truly enlightened is, A, it never stops. (laughs) Mm -hmm. even people that are healing people by looking at them, you know, they're Mm -hmm. like, I don't know anything. And I'm like, you don't know anything. You've just (laughs) healed someone's, you know, like you looked inside their body and healed them. And they're like, Oh, I don't know anything. So they never get to the top, whatever you call it. Um, And then uh, the other one is dropping all seeking and trying. Mm -hmm. That is a trick Mm -hmm. of the mind that is keeping us separate from what we are period. Yeah. So I'm back in the mind again. As soon as I'm in that longing, I'm back Mm -hmm. in the
0: mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so like counterintuitive to everything that like, I feel like, you know, to accomplish something, (laughs) I need to do a whole bunch Mm -hmm. to get there. And that could be, you know, getting a job or making money or healing some ailment. But as soon as you like, stop trying to heal it. Then it's going to heal. Right.
1: Isn't this so crazy? And I'm like a supplement junkie girl.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, I'm like, I'll get on that supplement that'll that'll do it. This is the one Mm -hmm. that'll do it. And I'm like, do what? Like, oh, my God. And look how much you're holding in place. Yeah, You know, like how much you're hold, like you're almost holding your suffering in place by doing all that stuff.
0: Yeah. And that's I've, I like go to now I'm in the stage of like being aware of that where I'm like, OK, I want the supplement yeah. to help me, <laughs> you know, digest my food better. But I'm like, I already know it's not the supplement, but I still want it. It's
1: the mind, but, but... I'm still getting the supplements. <laughs> I'm still doing it too. It's OK. I'm. I was like, OK, what if you challenge yourself to like not read any spiritual texts? Yeah. Not buy any supplements and stop all my like pain modality therapies. Like I lie on this bed of nails and I get massages. I'm like, mm-hmm. what if you just stopped all that for a month or three months, like stop holding your suffering in place or holding the notion that mm-hmm. you are damaged and needing healing in place. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Who would I become? Yeah. Um, but I've really, like, if you haven't listened to, have you listened to Michael Singer? Yeah. Okay. So he, You know, you got to get over him. He's kind of funny, but he has a lecture series on uh, the Surrender Experiment. It's like hours and hours, but it's so good. And his whole notion is that everything we're doing is to make it okay inside. Like our mind is like, we're not okay. Mm -hmm. We're not okay. (laughs) Like, so we're constantly filling our lives in ways that try and make us okay. So he's like, you have to lean away. And and Mm -hmm. just like I was saying again, like drop into the heart again, (laughs) And mm-hmm. just trust all of life, like he's like you're not breathing for yourself, your lungs are pumping, like your heart is beating, everything is unfolding for you. Mm-hmm. Stop thinking you are the driver. Mm-hmm. Give it up, give it up,
0: yeah, it really is about getting oh. out of our own way because we're making just ourselves being.
1: sick with our own minds
0: mm-hmm. absolutely yeah <laughs> i mean i've one of the the sort of modalities that has become really potent for myself is working with ayahuasca mm. and
1: tell me more. And, I just started microdosing with mushrooms.
0: Okay, cool. But um, I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I, wait, I shouldn't have said that. We should delete it.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: You go <laughs> no, it's ahead. Okay. Tell, tell me about your ayahuasca.
0: Um, well, it's just, you know, it's been this way to go within and see all like, you know, dimensions around me that exist all the time, mm-hmm. but they're just hard to see the sort of subtleties of it and experience that and mm-hmm. and feel just insanely deeply within myself, my body, and sort of the layers of the, you know, the rings of the tree go through all mm-hmm. of those. And, you know, there's a lot of it where it's your revisiting childhood traumas or themes in your life or beha- behavior patterns and things like that, where it's like, okay, now I can change that, you know, once you have awareness of it. And,
1: and the medicine... Sorry, the medicine brings it all up, right? So the medicine kind of does it for you?
0: Yeah, I would say it doesn't necessarily do it for you, but my feeling and my experience has been like, you know, ayahuasca is sort of this grandmother Mm. energy. And it really feels like you're holding hands with this this Mm. grandmother and and you're walking hand in hand. And sometimes it feels like you're alone, but she's always there Mm. and, you know. Usually by the end of the sort of ceremony in the night, I'm just like, oh my god, how did you like weave that journey for wow, me? You know, yeah. it's always answering the questions that I'm posing Slightly in just eating, the yeah. most unexpected ways you could never think of or imagine, and and I mean, it's a powerful uh, experience of that sort of surrender. Yeah, because it is like, okay, I'm here. Yeah, you know, please teach me about you know love or shame or any of these things in that sort of sense, and then the The experience is just kind of indescribable most of the time. But uh Wow. I I always come away with these sort of like quotes or sayings and it's like things like you know, all the wisdom in the world is already with within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And you know, like you don't heal your body, you heal your mind and the body (laughs) follows. And it's like like, oh yeah, obviously.
1: (laughs) Again, yeah. I wake up, I'm in the mind, I'm doing the thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then, yeah, three weeks later, I'm, you know, buying the supplements.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Supplement hoarding. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so Isn't it
1: funny, though? But thank God yeah. you had that, like, you know, we have the anchors. We have those experiences mm-hmm. that bring us back. I would love to do mm-hmm. ayahuasca. I'm a bit scared of what she'll show me, but I don't know why. That's a silly thing to say.
0: Well, I think it's, you know, there's there's something to be said about having, like, a healthy Bit of fear, you know, like (laughs) it's like if you're gonna go surf in big waves, yeah, you know, you gotta like have a healthy respect and fear for the power of the ocean, and
1: right, good point. It
0: might show you the bottom of the water with a face full of sand, and you know, ayahuasca (gasps) might do the same, but you'll come back up and you'll be okay, yeah,
1: and that's the lesson, right? You'll come back up
0: and you'll be okay, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do. I, I've had an amazing experience with it. So I, I do recommend it. Okay, Especially when someone like yourself has the, the deep sort of anchor and like foundational, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pieces to go into it. And, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned the conf- being confronted with the idea of dying and death. And mm-hmm. the last time I did it actually was, was the first time I sort of had something with that. And
1: what happened? I was like,
0: oh, I'm okay with dying. Like, that's fine. Like, It'll just happen when it happens. And then uh, it was actually on the very last day the ceremony had ended and I was, you know, it was early in the morning and I was still really feeling the sort of effects. And just as I was about to fall asleep, my mind just was like, and now you die. And I was just like, like, what? (laughs) And I was like, okay, I know I'm not going to die if I fall asleep, but there was something like beneath Beneath the okayness with dying, okay, that was like, whoa, I'm, I'm too scared, subconsciously to die. That I can't, I wouldn't fall asleep. I couldn't fall. asleep. Wow,
1: see, that's what I've been digesting is the layer underneath. Like, because I'm like, I'm cool dying, yeah, cool. Like, I'm good, I'm good, good. And then I'm like, I really looked at it, and I was like, I am not good with this. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I am not good with this. And anybody who says they are. I think is like enlightened or like a nomad somewhere that has no, like, I just like saw the layers or of like, kidding themselves Yeah. or is kidding themselves and hasn't actually confronted what this would feel yeah. like. Um, But that's what I've been trying to process is what is my fear of death? And it's my fear of not being safe in my death as in maybe we're not held, you know, that's mm. the fear underneath the fear. Maybe we're not held by some divine benevolent, force that I really truly believe we are maybe I don't actually believe that maybe this is all not real right um so I've been really trying to like it's a faith thing that Mm. needs to be built like in a deeper kind of yeah
0: yeah Yeah, that definitely resonates with me you know something I've been really realizing is you know with myself it's just this level of trust Mm -hmm. um that had been broken at a young age that I I couldn't trust love and because Mm -hmm. of that it's hard to trust myself Mm -hmm. or anyone else really so you know it's hard to trust like you said this belief in something greater that you're gonna sort of return to the ocean as that drop of water Mm -hmm. when you die Mm -hmm. but then like there might be that might not be something you really, truly, fully believe in and can surrender to. And right. That's tough to confront.
1: Yeah, it's really tough to confront, especially someone who spends, you know, I've spent my whole life teaching it, speaking about it, <laughs> trying to grow mm-hmm. the faith for myself, feeling that the faith came in from somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, deeper than me that was like, we're here, I'm here, this is here, this is reality. But a part of me goes, uh, mm-hmm. is this my imagination? So that's what that tenderness it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is tender. This is this is so tender to really confront that feeling of vulnerability, that depth of vulnerability. And then mm-hmm. it brings you all the way back to your birth. And you're like, how did we ever take birth? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. how did that ever happen? You know, we come out and we have no idea who's going to be holding us and how they're going to hold us.
2: Mm.
1: It's like, what the hell, man? And you're kind of connected with that again. It's like, Who's Mm -hmm. holding us? What's there? Mm -hmm. It's pretty like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) it's it's beautiful, but frightening at times. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Obviously at that point we have not much of a choice whether we're going to surrender to it or not. It's just happening. And we're in this sort of like pure form of energy and presence and this like clean canvas of, of trust and, and energy and love and, it feels like, you know, our our journey or the soul's mission is to sort of return to that with a level of like conscious engagement. Mm. And the more we can do that, right. the sort of more of that like beacon of light we can be in our lives.
1: Yeah. Like it actually starts, like we're claiming it. And that's what I've really kind of learned is this is about me, harnessing the power of this and then saying, yes, I want this light. And yes, I'm going to share this light. It's, it's like so much of our life is a refusal of it. I, I mm-hmm. often compare existence to like teetering between a, a love for life and a fear of life. And that's what you're mm-hmm. teetering between. You're like, I love life. And then you're like, I'm super scared. I want to do yeah. that. And you're like, you're not really ever this kind of beam of light It's just like, cool. That's like, that's exude this light it's always this fear and fear and love um yeah so i think it's really about claiming that and that's what i've really started to see it's like the more i step into this kind of like fearless tender vulnerable version of myself Mm -hmm. the more what happens the more people see you the more life sees you and the more you do feed life literally by looking Mm -hmm. at it it's 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 pretty wild you don't have to offer much except for that kind of presence. That's maybe our purpose. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think so. I think, I mean, that is just, it's so true. Mm-hmm. And to keep stepping into that fear and trusting that will come through the other side,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, you know, and being vulnerable in that way is really what like, you know, inspires people, inspires other people to do the same and it ripples and echoes out into the world in, in such a way. But on the flip side, you know, it's funny because, like, I can look at you mm-hmm. through Instagram and Insight Timer and I see that you've got a book out. And it's like, oh, she just seems like everything yeah. is perfectly serene and she's successful and looks healthy mm-hmm. and has a family and mm-hmm. lives in the, near the forest. And it's like, you know, so easy to be like, well, other people have this, you know, perfectly balanced, healthy, like exuberant, <laughs> light-filled <laughs> existence. <laughs> and I'm over here struggling. It's like uh. Let's
1: just uh, put a blast on that bullshit yeah. <laughs> reality because, and it's, it's led me to want to kind of like leave. Did you watch Social Dilemma?
0: I actually just did this week. Yeah.
1: I was like, I think I'm good. I, I think I want to <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I'm ready to pull out because I see that too. Like I'm like this isn't real. I have chest pain. I'm like a you know a supplement order, <laughs> like but you know like I yeah I don't know. I feel like I want to create a different sort of um, way to connect socially and virtually that's a little more meaningful.
0: Mm-hmm. I I feel similarly, and like I've been in the uh, a men's group that's online, and I oh, really cool. want to. Do that sort of thing in, in LA and and just like bring people together to have more of these conversations and right and whatnot, which feels very important and needed. But then at the same time, what we're going through like society culturally, like that might be illegal to do because of COVID <laughs> right now. So it's like almost like forcing the hand to be like, no, like this can be a great tool, but you really need that sort of discipline to engage with it in a productive pure way and not get sucked into the
1: well that one guy said he had to create software to yeah. block himself from his own software and I was like oh yeah. my god because my husband's always like you don't just delete Instagram you have to develop a healthy relationship with Instagram right and I was like I can't do that <laughs> because of the way it's built like I've done, you know, 30 days and I'm off it and I go back on it. And I'm like, why was I ever on here? Like, you're very aware after 30 days, you're like, what? But gradually it's like a siphon. It like does it somehow. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't trust myself to have a healthy relationship with it. So I've seen a lot of people kind of um, creating their own platform on their websites where it's like a pay per, come hang out with me if you really mean it. And I'll do a little more like actual connecting like this. Um, mm-hmm. question and answers. We connect on a deeper level. We're not just like looking at our lives and thinking we're perfect and creating mm-hmm. that kind of horrible psychosis. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. It, I mean, again, it takes like some bravery to do that because yeah, exactly. there is a surrendering and letting go in that process and trusting that it's the right thing to do. But... We did
1: it without it at some point. Yeah, That wasn't even that long <laughs> that ago. Long ago no. Right. Yeah. Well, and I don't think it's helping as far as like, creating this constant uh identity stuff like me 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 i i i this is what i'm doing 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 it's like how is that healthy Mm -hmm.
0: it feels like it's probably the negatives outweigh the positives for the most part 100 yeah unfortunately yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) fortunately, i love you instagram not really yeah
0: (laughs) yeah baby steps yeah um I wanted to kind of touch back into some of your your, your writing and your meditations. Um, first, I guess the meditations. You know, there's, like I was saying, there's this like potent sort of poetic beauty, but there's also this, you know, pain and love and compassion that you can feel throughout it. And I'm curious, you know, obviously, you know, just through writing a lot, you've tapped into something and developed a voice and a language and a, and a way of communicating. But are there you know, other texts or teachers you've had that have given you sort of the context to write in this way?
1: Um, I've always... Uh, I read mm. Women Who Run With the Wolves when I was younger. It's by Clarissa Pinkola mm. Estes. I recommend it even for men, actually. It's a really beautiful book.
0: I've heard that's a good
1: book. Yeah. yeah and she writes in a really poetic, unconventional way. And it's all mystical, mythical kind of reference. Mm-hmm. Um, seals and women and seal skin. And it's all this mystical. And I just, when I read it, I was like, <gasps> like, it was finally someone speaking my language. It felt like, Um, and I've been highly influenced by poets like Mary Oliver and stuff like that. And I've always been subtly studying them without knowing it. David White, Mary Oliver, and then underlining certain lines or phrases that have really broken my heart open. And I think poetry has the power to do that. And I think the beautiful thing about poetry is that it actually adds a little responsibility on the listener's side to be like, mm-hmm. okay, it's not someone telling you what to do. It's 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 someone asking you to look at your life and kind of make a reference to yourself so that it's always like this kind of shifting thing. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's um, yeah. However you want to relate to it. It's not someone saying, sit down, breathe and do this. It's like, let's look at this, how you want to look at it. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of, those have been my big ones. Um, I just read a beautiful book called Desert Solitaire and his writing is ridiculous you should read it. So good Um, for poetry and the power of poetry mixed with story. So that's always been my highest influence. So I've always been studying it and I guess it just leaked its way into my work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, And I haven't read or listened to your book, but I'm curious to know about that process. And I mean, that's a pretty ambitious undertaking for anyone. (laughs) (laughs) That was a
1: fun time. I'm not going to Blame it on my chest pain, but um, it came at around the same time. I think uh, the book was really hard. Right when I started, uh, I got a book deal really quickly, um, and it was something I'd always kind of wanted to do since I went to school for journalism. I was like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. And I started, stopped about four others before this one came through. Um, sold it very quickly. Got an editor. Working with an editor was a totally different experience um my work as it stands in the live awake form is very um I don't know what to say unconventional it's poetry it's it's not perfect English (laughs) Mm um so bringing it into like a form of a book was really hard my editor was like well poetry like heard is different than poetry read so we have to kind of make Mm -hmm. this palpable to the the reader. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do that. So I was like, this is how I write. I don't know how to do it this way. So I was lucky enough to have a pretty gentle editor who helped me kind of mold it. But in a way it felt a little bit um, awkward and not totally authentic. I don't want to say not authentic because the, you know, but it was different. It was very different and it was hard, but it helped me grow as a writer and it helped me let go of my ego in a big way. And um, I don't know if I would do it again. Yeah. But I love what I created and the meditations in it are really special. So mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those things, yeah. you know, when you're like, this is the thing I want, and you finally get the thing, and then it's yeah. like the biggest like non-event of your life.
0: <laughs> you're yeah. like, oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny. I remember even like when I was, you know, back in Gastown, and we would make our make the magazine, and every time we would get the issue back from the printer, it was like, okay, okay, <laughs> well, I guess we start on the next one. Yeah, like what? <laughs> That's good, I guess. <laughs>
1: I, I know, but it is about the journey, right? Like, and what you learn yeah. along the way. It's never about the product at the end. It's always just like, mm-hmm. what did you learn? Who did you become through this? Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. I became a more resilient, maybe a better writer. I don't know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. a little more brave,
0: but yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, something that I imagine to write a book takes a lot of discipline. We kind of chatted about it briefly before, but I wonder how you sort of frame, you know, the balance of going within and, and bringing compassion and love to ourselves, but also having the discipline to you know, reinforce that love and make this sort of new choices and changes that reflect that love for Mm -hmm. ourselves.
1: It wasn't there. I didn't do it well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It was really hard because as soon as you start working anything on deadline or with somebody else looking at it before you Mm -hmm. put it out in the world, like you're working with someone um, and a publishing house was like it changed it dramatically. So I really wrestled with that part of me that would get very OCD and like mm-hmm. when you're working on a on something, you can sometimes go overboard and get a little kind of psychosisy about it. It's part of the creation process, but I think what I realized about creating um, in that sort of way is that it does uh, border on unhealthy. Um, mm-hmm. And really hard to change over to, like, motherhood and partnerhood with my husband and children. Like, really weird. Like, your brain's, like, still wants to stay in that creation mode. So I really saw how, like, kind of unhealthy creation or how, how draining creation can be.
0: Right.
1: Um, so just being aware of that when you're taking on any project. Because as soon as you feel that, you know, that excitement of wanting to create, it's like a zephyr of, like, <gasps> you're so excited and you have all this this energy wake up in you but then you have mm. to be aware like okay <laughs> there is mm-hmm. a flip side to this am right. i ready to take that discipline on right now and um really see the full picture of things because um, mm-hmm. that can be kind of borderline crazy um i don't remember what you asked ryan
0: just like sort of balancing the, oh, the yeah, like gentle well. compassion with yourself. <laughs> no, didn't yeah, do it well. <laughs> with <the> discipline, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I did do, I, I I remember I wrote the story in my book. My editor gave me feedback on my first draft and she was like, I don't really understand this. And I was like, oh my God, I like blacked out <laughs> and like felt the blood. You know, those moments where the blood drains <laughs> and you're just like, who yeah. am I? And I almost took a volume. I was like, mm-hmm. I need out. This is too, like, insult on my writing. It's like insult on your, your one thing, right? Yeah. And I was like, I can't do it. This is too big. My brain was like, ga ga ga. And I almost took a volume because I had one for flying. And a voice said, if you take this pill to escape your pain, it's an ensuring that the pain is going to return. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you escape something, it ensures a return of it. And it said, mm-hmm. go outside and take a walk. Mm-hmm. Put down the pill. I put down the pill (laughs) and I was like, oh my God. And it was snowing outside and I walked through the field and I cried. And then I started singing and Mm -hmm. then I kneeled on the ground under a tree. Like I let my body, it was incredible to see that instead of escaping it, I moved with it and my body instructed me through a process that it needed. Um, And I started singing, remind me why I'm here. Uh, and I was like, why am I singing? Like, it was literally just like this process. And then I kneeled on the ground and I started talking to spirit or whatever you want to call it myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was like, you're okay. This is okay. And I went, I'm not okay. <laughs> like, full, oh, <laughs> Like uh, this back and forth between yeah. the dialogue that was going on inside of me. But I expressed the dialogue. I didn't repress or stuff or escape. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, a kind of calm came through. I came inside. My kid looked at me and he said, huh, I think we should dance. So I turned this music up in the house and I danced and I was like, "Ah!" and (laughs) then um, I sat down for dinner, cleared the plates, still kind of morose. And then grace just went, snapped right through me. And I was filled with total okayness. And I was like, I accessed it. I found Mm -hmm. the grace, but that was not from numbing, not from avoiding. It was very much by, accepting the invitation of the crises and watching the body actually help you through it. Mm. Pretty powerful
0: experience. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So more of that.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I feel that. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's it's funny. Cause I can, I can feel called to it, you know, like singing and dancing is pretty scary. Right. I can maybe do it by myself, right. but like doing it in front of my partner is like yeah. <laughs> really scary. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm like, I know I need to do that. I know. It's like, and when I can do that, I know I'll be like further down, you know. Right. Where I want to be. Like, it was like you you,
1: you do it once and you like start breaking down these walls. What the hell are these walls anyway? And what are they blocking? How -hmm. are they keeping me in a state of like the depression that I feel like I'm always running from? How are these things that are coming up periodically, the things that are saying like, emancipate me free me mm-hmm. like and just do it awkwardly and horribly yeah and look like like if somebody was watching me mm-hmm. <laughs> go through that process they'd be like oh you know yeah. is she okay or you yeah. know there'd be so many judgments but who freaking cares
0: yeah yeah i mean that's it's all part of that like overcoming that yeah yeah well it sounds like you've got some pretty insightful kids yeah and and your partner as yeah. well really good real good um, how you know how is have those relationships help
1: help oh you God. in this
0: process and develop your voice i mean they're it's probably the only
1: thing i like children yeah. are like the portal if you want one <laughs> go for, yeah do have a kid <laughs> <laughs> um they're like the gateway drug to spirituality essentially it's like whoa you like as soon as you have a kid you have to really you see so much shit you did not mm-hmm. know it was in you. I didn't know I had so much rage. I didn't know I had so much rage. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had no, no patience, essentially. Total princess. Um, mm-hmm. Really selfish. And they are like, if you start abusing a child with your ridiculousness,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like, you know, you really have to start healing that. And so much of us were victim to that. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad, but um, yeah. it's can be so powerful if harnessed properly to really mm-hmm. say, okay, and then bring them into the experience with you. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you try and shelter your kids and that's kind of one thing I was in this place of like, oh no, my kid's seeing me mad and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you don't protect them from that reality. Because mm-hmm. if you do that, they're going to end up in the real world and be extremely devastated by what's reality. So, you know, to, to portray a clear reality, mom freaked out. I freak out when I'm scared. I'm scared Mm -hmm. because I think I'm doing a bad job. I'm scared that you're not eating the right food. And then, you you know, whatever you, you break it down for them. And it's incredible Mm -hmm. how kids are like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I see Mm -hmm. that. And, um, really teaching them about peace in their mind and i remember my little 4-year-old saying mama peace never wants to go first he was 4 and i was trying to teach him how to choose peace and he said peace never wants to go first so he mm. already at 4 knew of the battle wow. between that inertia that anger that rage he met that at 4 and met the resistance to peace and love at mm. 4 i was like wow That's there from the very beginning. Like Mm -hmm. this is our, so they have really been, oh, huge as far as nice meat to chew. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's it's so cool that they, you know, are taking on that, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the, the concept of it, right? Because everyone is experiencing that, mm-hmm. whether they know it or not. So for them to be able to have that awareness and be able to communicate it and have you communicate, that's through you communicating to them. I
1: know. I know it makes really me, beautiful. me and my husband are like, how is this not taught in elementary school that you have a mind that functions this mm-hmm. way and you have a heart that functions this way and your job as a human being is to figure out how to guide and instruct the mind like how is that not elementary stuff that's being taught to us let alone like emotional intelligence like yeah none of this i mean we're 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 just on the you know cusp of starting to teach this it, but it's like whoa i have so much yeah. compassion for where we've been and how hard it's been and yeah but the kids are
0: just like light beams they're like
1: yep yeah, okay got it and then they'll tell you shit you know
0: yeah I, it is mind blowing that you we know, we're not it. taught this stuff. We ignore it. Like, yeah, it's it's really, like, a bummer. Totally. <laughs> and, but, you know, it's amazing, like, what you're sharing. Like, that's where the absolute, like, power and potential for universal change and, and evolution back to the heart. Because, like, that child can learn that when, he's, when he or she is small, right? And it's like, then that's going to affect the whole rest of their life. Whereas if we're doing that work as an adult, we're having to, like, Re, like unlearn, relearn, reprogram. Like yeah. there's so much going back I know. to then be able to start going forward. But like the next generations have the opportunity to go forward. From I know, the start.
1: but it's incredible. Like my girlfriend was just like, how do I teach my kid about her heart? And I'm like, oh no, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, like I'm realizing there's still a whole spectrum of people that are not introducing this to their kids and not helping them because they themselves yeah. don't or haven't done it yet and i'm like uh-oh mm. <laughs> there's yeah. there's definitely room for i it is changing but i just it's it's going to be slow like evolution is but mm.
0: that's okay yeah. yeah i mean for me i feel like that's become a huge part of my purpose for doing this work is right. like when i do have a child to give them the best sort of mm-hmm. opportunity for me to not project myself onto right. them
1: i know and just
0: you know, I'm trying to get out of my own way, but I definitely need to, like, get out of their way. But you won't. <laughs> <laughs> just nope. so you
1: know. You yeah. will not do it well, but maybe better. I'm proud of
0: you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the intention anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, I think it's really important to show, and, like, my podcast is, like, let's look at both end of this so that they see, okay, mm-hmm. this is the healthy way to deal with what naturally arises in us. Mm-hmm. You're, no one's wrong. No one's bad. Let's just move it up to the
0: higher level here mm-hmm. yeah yeah so with your experience of raising children and now you know just talking about like the awareness in our communities in our society um and the need for that sort of education do you feel any sort of draw to create uh meditations or teachings or anything like that for children
1: well it's weird as i was saying this stuff a little voice was like and i was like yeah <laughs> Um, i think it's come up a few times um Mm. i'm like maybe i'll just go into my kids school and try and do a little heart-mindedness teaching and see how that feels but yeah i was like maybe i could go into schools and do it it's less intimidating i love working with kids adults are really stuck in their grooves you know Mm -hmm. and they're they're hard to teach because they're very like they go to the analytical mind so quickly. And then I'm like, I don't, I can't go there. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to help you through your divorce. Like, <laughs> yeah. but kids are like, okay. Like, so maybe I could, I don't know. I'm on, I'm, I want to do something differently. I just don't know what yet. So, yeah. You know what I want to start doing is live. When we get out of this COVID, I want to do like mm-hmm. a real orchestra with, so like a live evening with orchestra and me doing my stuff
0: so okay so like with music accompanying
1: yeah and lights and make it a whole healing make a performance sort of yeah so call out to any amazing
0: yeah that'd be very cool or
1: yeah
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so do you kind of mentioned you know i don't know if it was semi-serious about like helping adults through divorce but like (laughs) do you work with people in a sort of one-on-one sense in a way to help guide them at all no,
1: the only thing I feel like I know how to do is is right. And I, I don't trust myself to help people individually. I don't know if that's gonna. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I'm
0: not a therapist
1: <laughs> I'm not a therapist.
0: Don't really want to be a therapist. Yeah.
1: Um, but maybe if I could find some sort of happy medium. I don't know.
0: I mean, you are helping people. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people, for sure. So right. you don't have to do it in every way. Right. I
1: guess so. But a part of you thinks you should, because that's what yeah. everybody puts on you. It's like, okay, now you're yeah. going to teach classes. And I'm like, what? No. Uh, uh. <laughs> really?
0: Yeah. So
1: Yeah. <laughs> the world. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so I'm also curious, in, in your own sort of journey, you know, have you gone back to, like, your childhood, inner child, Looked at your relationship with your parents, kind of gone through that. Oh yeah, that landscape was like of work.
1: The fir- that was the beginning of my spiritual journey. I think I really mm-hmm. went like rabbit holes of all of that stuff. Um, I think it's necessary for sure, but I'm moving away from it now and just realizing, you know, you kind of take a deep dive and you kind of look at the hows, the whats, and the whos, and and um, again, we circle back to that. It all just has to do with you letting go. <laughs> So -hmm. if that tension or that pain comes up around mom or dad or, you know, the part of you that's still wounded, you just have to let go. I remember Mm -hmm. writing once, like, it doesn't, don't worry yourself with how you're going to reach enlightenment or how you're going to get there or who did what. Don't worry yourself with that part. Just feel Mm -hmm. that tension coming up and then let go. Like, Mm -hmm. I still have little girl wounded stuff um, come up and I know it's that, but I just... Learn to drop down into the heart and let go. You don't have to overanalyze anything. Just feel the tension, mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> let go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's interesting. It's for me in the last week. It's maybe even less than that. It's been this sort of shift of just like looking back and within, and and being like, okay, it's time to look forward.
1: Yeah, I'm done now. Yeah,
0: I feel like you do need to do that to some extent. have the context and awareness and understand your patterns and and the choices you have made and could make and maybe should make and and then be like okay now it's time to like you know Joe Dispenza you know he talks about like creating the future that you want you know and it's like that's all forward looking using feelings using emotions creating in the field of you know what's possible and then just letting it unfold in a way you're you can't Figure out, or you can't yeah uh, imagine a lot of the time. And yeah, yeah. it's I think it's an important just, part. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. don't dwell. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, for at least for me, it's easy to do that because I find my if I'm doing something that I'm doing it 110%, yeah. whether that's like running or, yeah. you know, eating all the popcorn in my closet or, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and my, my sort of coach and therapist is like, you know, you. you got to take some days off at the spirit gym.
1: (laughs) I know. I try and do that too. I do the same thing. I get a little OCD about it, you know, but that's, that's just us wanting to reconnect with God and goodness. And Mm -hmm. it's a good way to live, I guess. Just relax a bit.
0: (sighs) Yeah. Just not all the time.
1: (sighs) Just relax or take that, Mm -hmm. that urgency off or that getting somewhere off. Like just relax. Yeah.
0: Mm Yeah. Okay, well, I got one more question for you. Okay. It's a it's a big one just because you you briefly mentioned it, and also you know, with your father being a pastor. <laughs> um, but like, what is your perspective on God? How would you describe
1: God? Oh, God is everything. So I had a really hard time because of my childhood to say God, and if I ever heard anyone say God, I'd be like, <laughs> um, just because I really never related to the notion of like a He. Mm-hmm. <laughs> looking down at me, you know, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I never related to that. Um, so I had a really hard time with the use of the word God until I developed my own relationship to what I consider God. And mm-hmm. now I can say it without shame. God is life. God is nature. God is omnipresent. God is everything, um so i am god you are god which is a very taboo i got an email from someone saying you know i felt really good after i listened to your meditation but i realized like you're saying we're all god that's not true mm-hmm. and I, he's like imagine a world where everybody was walking around in their hearts thinking that they were this god god and i was like yeah, like wouldn't that be beautiful um, yeah. to really know their light. And he was bashing me for it. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh no, like I just see God is everything. God is nature. God is you. God mm-hmm. is me. God is what life is. Um, so yeah, it's just a weird word that everybody has huge triggers on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is a very interesting one. And I've experienced that with people I've coached or talked to, but more and more people seem to be sort of coming to that, space where it is part of us and in us and in everything and all like living things, I guess, really. I know. Um, Yeah.
1: yeah. We're moving away from the religious tones of it.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I, you know, I have never studied religion uh, at depth myself, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like at most of their cores, there is that sort of essence. Mm -hmm. And it's like a lot of the sort of writings have been more sort of manipulated Totally. To, you know, control and use and, you know, to shoot shame in different ways. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, that's why I kind of just want to move away from that. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense that there's like any form of punishing God. It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Um, and heaven and hell, as far as I'm concerned, are here and now. And whatever you want or whatever your reality currently is can feel like hell and can feel like heaven, right?
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely.
1: Um, but yeah, I think people are slowly developing their own organic relationships to it. We're moving out of that kind of, but I do steer away from using the word in my meditations just to kind of not trigger any dogma mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I think yeah. it helps people to kind of like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just It's easier to sort of be at peace and, and not sort of ruffle people's feathers. And the more that they connect with that that work in its like essence, then... Probably the more they'll be open to that idea down the road yeah. as well.
1: Well, and I don't—I just can't think of a better word to express it. Like, if I use the word spirit or essence, it feels like there's too much—I don't know—other connotations yeah. with it. So I feel like God is the the best kind of representative of what I actually mean about mm-hmm. all of life. But yeah,
0: yeah. For me, I, like I started using saying universe for like yeah. the universe yeah. was, and like, that's what I put in my book, the story, the letters from the universe. So. For somebody who is like, maybe being like, huh, that sounds interesting. Like, how can I potentially start to nurture that
2: mm-hmm.
0: concept within myself and tap into the idea of like God being within me? Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of talked about ways of connecting with the heart, and I imagine it's exactly the aligned same. with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, yeah, God, yeah, the best way to access that feeling of God or wholeness or oneness is through the heart. I think the heart's the perfect portal. Um, And that's kind of my anchor point and it's inside you and you can feel it and you can't deny it when you feel love what happens. Um, So just follow that thread and kind of really start encouraging that to be less guarded and notice when you are guarding and when you are clamping and when you are closing Mm -hmm. and just trying to open back up. Um, So just noticing that tightening and that opening and the difference between when you feel love and when you feel goodness and when you lift your face to the sun and when you feel that sense of surrender, that's literally coming from the heart center as far as I'm concerned. Mm. And it's kind of infiltrating the body. Um, so, yeah, just start a practice where there's a little more wonder in your life, mm. like looking up to the sky. But like I, I start putting like I am and then I pull it in. So I am Joy. I am love and I pull it in Mm. and it just creates a different resonance in the body. Like just wake up a bit, start like claiming the qualities that you want, claim the qualities that you want. Like, yeah. Love. I am love. Like that's the fucking truth, Ryan. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, Oh my God, we're so stuck in the suffering part that we forget like what we are woven of.
0: Yeah. Yeah absolutely yeah and it's funny how love just is always the thing like in all the ceremonies i've done all the meditations i've done it just always Always. comes back and it's funny i actually like had this one quote come to me that was like love is the best supplement (laughs) (laughs) you're like damn
1: it yeah (laughs) I'm going to use that one. <laughs> we should just but make it, placebo yeah. pills called love. You and I yeah. will start a business we'll sell it on our website. Yeah. Yeah. Li- liquid love. Yeah. Um, it is. It's always the answer. And it seems so cliche and people are so flippant with the word love. And I'm like, and mm. I get, I feel the same feelings. Like it is love. <laughs> it's just love. Know. You know, people are like, yeah. And I'm like, w- that is to me when people cringe at me saying love, you should look at your disconnect right then in that moment. Yeah, And that's where the wounding began when we started mm-hmm. moving away from love and making love this hilarious thing that we can't contact with. It's like, that's mm-hmm. so sad. If you have moved into cynicism around love, and so many of us have, mm-hmm. that's where your wound with your heart is. That's where your disconnect is. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you feel that cynicism rise... You gotta go. You gotta go back in if you really want to feel that again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for your, for your time, for your work, for everything. Like, yeah, really appreciate oh, it. I'm so
1: glad we found each other again.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: In an alternate universe. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know. I know. I feel really fortunate for sure. Yeah, your your work's been. It's, it's really powerful and anyone listening, I highly recommend to get on Insight Timer and, and check it out. And is there anywhere else people can follow you? Uh,
1: uh, just yeah. my website, sarahblondin.com.
0: Yeah, get on Instagram, just follow you. Oh yeah, day. get check on Instagram. On everybody, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll be there waiting. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ryan. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah.
0: Likewise, thanks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Whether you listen to it on Spotify, Apple, or through our website, it would be great to hear your feedback and thoughts. If you're able to leave a review, it'll really help us share the message and share the podcast with more people. Thank you.